Welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Talking a little catamount hoops. UVM 2-2 two and two right now after, as we tape this, 81-80 loss today in double overtime. Joining me now, catamount legend, catamount broadcaster, Bernie Saplicki. Bernie, man, how are you? Doing great, Brady. Thanks for uh, Frank, thanks for having me on. How are you? Good. I appreciate you being with us. And, you know, UVM loses an 81-80 to 80 game today. You were on the call for the win on Sunday that they had beaten NJIT by 14. So we'll really focus on that. The only question I'll ask you about tonight's game, um, which just ended a little while ago and we haven't really had time to digest yet, is how hard do you think it is to come back and play back-to-back days? Because you look at it and say, hey, UVM won by 14 on Sunday. I think they're going to roll NJIT again. But energy level, all that stuff can be different on a back-to-back. Oh, no question about it. I, I think it's really a challenge, um, the back-to-back, especially with the the mentality and the mindset. There's no fans. There's no adrenaline. The, it, it's got to be all from within to be motivated. And if you're any kind of competitor – if you lose to somebody on Friday, you're going to be ready to play them on Saturday. If you lose to them on Sunday, you're going to be ready to play them on Monday because you've got something to prove and you want to show that what happened the night before wasn't what really should be happening. Fans are naive. I'm one of those fans. I, I just have been used to success and spoiled by success. And you see the names that come into the program and guys that transfer in from big powerhouse programs in the A-10, et cetera. And you think, okay, this team's going to be really good. They're going to roll through the league again. And, and I'm expecting 15-1 and one, like it's no big deal. And here we are at 2-2. Two and two. Were my expectations overstated? Does this team have some, some growing pains to go through? Well, I think every team has growing pains, but especially this team because they didn't get a chance to figure it out with non-conference games. Everything is different in terms of traveling. You know, normally you go down the night before. If the if you're playing an opponent and it's four hours or less away, you're going down the day of. So there's a lot of different things that have to happen. You know, you don't get to shoot around. You don't get the other uh, team's gym as much as you as you got before. So there are a lot of a lot of different things that are happening. And you know, I mean, they lost two games. I mean, look at the games that you know they lost, and what they've shot from the three point line. You yeah. know, I, I believe. You know, they they really struggled from behind the arc when they shot the ball very well. Uh, you know, on on Sunday afternoon. They coasted. So it's just, uh, you know, it's an ugly game when the ball doesn't go in the hole. So you were at the game on Sunday, the game they won 92 to 78. They got up to a 15-0 start in that game. That was the first game that Ryan Davis played in this season. He missed the first series with injury. He had 20-plus points in the win. He had 27 tonight as we taped this in the loss. How big a difference does he make for this team? Oh, he's a huge difference. I mean, you know, he he's older. Um, he he can score with his back to the basket. He can stretch the defense. He's one of the veterans. And he's going to be the person that has to step in, in for an Anthony Lamb, a Daniel Giddens, guys who play big minutes that are now playing professional basketball. Um, and it's just it's just you know, it's, it's hard to do. It, it, it's a challenge. And especially if you're not healthy and he's kind of working his way back into playing shape. And tell me a little bit about Justin Missoula, because this is a kid who's played really well in the early going, transferring from George Washington. We did hear about him, but he was kind of you know more unheralded than some of the other transfers they've gotten the last couple of years. How good is Missoula? 
Pazula is very good because he just, whatever you need him to do, he will do. You know, he can rebound, he can defend, he can play the point. Uh, he can shoot the basketball and, and make shots there. There's, there's a lot of growth there, but it's also a bigger challenge for him as well, because you think about, he hasn't played in, you know, yeah. almost two years between red shirting and, and the, the way the, um, the season is broken down. So there, there's again, him trying to get back into to playing shape and getting used to game situations. You know, a guy I was really excited about in this offseason ended up not coming to UVM, and that was Bernie Andre, who was going to be like a 6'6", kind of real long athletic figure who we heard could shoot from the outside but also play with some physicality around the rim. He ended up not coming to UVM, and, you know, you were kind of banking on him when you were going through the offseason. Um, not that it was caught, not that it caught people by surprise, but how big of a detriment do you think him not being here is when we expected him to be? Well, I mean, it's a huge detriment. I mean, you think about, again, you lose Giddens, you lose Lamb, you lose Bernie. You know, there are three really good frontline players. Then you go down to UMass Lowell, you don't have Murphy, you don't have Davis. So you talk about five, four, five players that uh, are position players, the four of the five, that aren't available, that aren't accessible. And, and you know, there's minutes that you lose with Andre, and, and, and there's just a lot of, again, another – man you know you you have an adult a 22 23 year old guy who has transferred who has been through battles who has had success you know you lose that extra depth that uh, what he would have provided on the interior you know you're not the guy who's gonna bang on you know on the players and i'm not gonna ask you to do that but guys that aren't contributing as much as maybe we would like to see are duncan demuth who they got last year out of Oklahoma State, and Robin Duncan is not the scorer that you would maybe expect him to be at this point in his career. What can those guys do to maybe add a little more offensively, especially? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, um, you know, for Robin, it's just the continual uh, work on that jumper and continue to practice. I mean, he he's so good if he is in the post and um, can either score around the rim or create for somebody. But uh, if he's out top, you know, people are, are playing off of him and not, and, and daring him to shoot and make shots and he's going to have to do it. And it's just, that's just practice. And for, for Duncan, you know, you know, he, he battled the injury bug last year and um, you know, just kind of seems a little out of, out of sore right now. I think it's just confidence. I think it's him just believing in his ability because you watch him in practice, you see him in, in um, the pregame stuff and the, and the talent is all there and the athleticism is there. It's just, uh, you know, I, I think it's more of right now, it's just in his head. He just got to keep battling and, and he's got to do that in practice to get better. You know, a guy that you know well from his time in high school in the state is Ben Shungu. And, and I didn't follow Ben's kind of rise through high school because I wasn't here. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong on the details here, but wasn't he a walk-on at UVM who didn't play much early on? I think he might have redshirted. And now he's not their best player, but he might be their most invaluable player. Good defensively, good rebounder, and can score 16 like he did in this game tonight, even though they lost. How much – I guess two parts – how good is Ben Chungu and how much better is he now than he was? Oh, well, B Benny has gotten, I mean, the growth is, is unbelievable. And that's just because of his work ethic. Um, you know, when, when all of this was shaking out and people couldn't get into the gym, um, he was just hunting down parks that were open and nobody was around and practicing on his own all the time. Um, 
he was a walk on. He earned the scholarship and he just made himself into the defensive player of the year. And now offensively, he has become even more solid. He's got a mid-range game. He can shoot the three and his strength around the rim is tremendous, especially to finish. Um, so, you know, again, like you said, the, the invaluable, because it's a lot of things that, uh, that go unnoticed. It's the extra pass that leads to the layup. It's the rebound in the outlet, all the little things that he does and the effort that he gives, which is what makes him so successful. Do you think, so every year when UVM plays, we're all worked up about potential seeding in the NCAA tournament and who have they beaten and, and all that stuff. Does any of that even matter this year? Like if they go, nine and seven in the regular season. Well, I guess let's see 18 games. If they go 10 and eight in the regular season and then just win the conference tournament, does it matter? I mean, it's always all that matters. Just winning the conference tournament doesn't really matter how pretty it looks getting there. At this point, you just hope they make it through the season. You hope they win the conference tournament. You hope they get a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. It's just, uh, you know, it's just the fact that they get the chance to play and that's a good thing. And, and especially with the way it's all set up now, playing back-to-back nights against the same opponent is really hard. You know, if you were playing a different opponent on a Friday, Saturday, you know, that's, you know, is a, is a little easier, but, but you learn tendencies, you get the feel for the other person. I, I mean, it's just about, uh, it's just about keeping everybody safe, playing hard and getting better. How, what was the vibe like, on Sunday in Patrick gym, no fans. How many people were there? There's media members, training staff. Like how many people were there? What was it like? Um, really? I, I, I believe there was four media members and then everybody else was, uh, was a faculty member or a staff member at the university. There was nobody there. There was the table personnel. They try to make it as close to a game like situation with, uh, with the PA announcer, uh, Steve Gentile, as well as you know the music and doing what they can do, but it's 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 different. It's great that they're playing and and it and it's fun and I'm glad they're playing, but it is it is really it's really different. It's bizarre. Hmm. Well, at this point, yeah, you're right. We do hope that they get through it. Catamounts are two and two, and you know they're going to play Albany coming up on January second, and even that's weird, just in the sense that you're playing at times you wouldn't normally be playing. Like you're playing a conference game two days after Christmas, and then you're playing the day after New Year's, and I don't remember that being a normal time frame. So just dealing around the holidays in a way you've never had to deal with before. It, it does. It just feels odd. It is. And, you know, you think about Albany, like we talked about earlier, the games at six, the first games at six o'clock on Saturday, they're traveling up the, the, the uh, afternoon of to come to Patrick gym to play, you know, there's no get there the night before shoot around, have a meal, sleep in a bed, get up, shoot around, have a meal, get ready to play. It is, it is totally different. It is a, a different, a different, uh, Different segment for for all of college basketball, especially in the America East. I'll get you out of here on this because you would be uniquely qualified to answer this. And I and I agree with you, but it's so weird to think about that. These guys grew up playing AAU and they play five games in a day. And these guys are used to just bouncing all over the place. So I'm thinking to myself, why can you do it in AAU at 17, but in college basketball at 18, it truly is different. And I'm just like trying to wrestle with that in my own head. I, I think I think again it's very different because just because of of the opponents that you may play um, again they're they're the the strength 
the size, the coaching. Um, I, I just think it, it's very different when you're 16, 17 year old years old and you're kind of just going up and down and, and playing and, it, and it's a little more fancy free and not as physical. I, I just like, I understand your point and, and I, I get what you're saying, but I just, I just think the, the, the physicality and the expectations and, and the ability to prepare for for a college games because it's people's livelihoods where yeah it is maybe a little bit of livelihood uh for aau but it's not about wins and losses like, like it is at the college level bernie Sablicki, one of the all-time greats in uvm history he was on the call uh on sunday and a win over njit keep calling games bernie because the cats are one and oh when you call games so uh <laughs> let's get you back in there soon so uh uvm and albany coming up on uh january 2nd bernie be well and we'll talk to you again Thanks a lot, Brady. Appreciate it.